This hour comes a video game podcast in astounding depth. Like you've never seen it before. Popping right out at you. Region Unlocked coming at you in 3D. What's up, what's up, what's up? Everybody. Not much, not much, not much. Oh my gosh, I just uh, talked over you. I'm sorry, Cameron. No worries. My name's Cameron. Uh, and I'm Jake. So, Jake, today we are recording uh, October 31st in America, mm-hmm. November 1st in Japan. I've never talked to someone in a different month than me before. You know, that's kind of weird. I don't think we've ever done an episode like this, but it's kind of cool realizing that I'm in November right now. And everyone back home is still in Halloween, essentially. So I'm totally out of the whole fall groove right now. There, There is nothing to do with Halloween in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I understand. The, as soon as <laughs> Halloween's over, you get your candy, boom, done. No more thinking about Halloween. Now it's on to bigger and better holidays. But let's not talk about the holidays because who knows when this episode's going to come out. It sure won't be timely. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's true. Jake... What has been up with you recently? How is Japan? Oh, Japan is always full of adventures, Cameron. I'll tell you what, so much has gone on because we haven't talked to each other for a decent amount of time um, in podcast world. So I think we both have quite a few happenings to talk about, which, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. True. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, Jake and I, this is actually our first episode we've recorded while on, on our break. So you've probably, I think you've probably heard two episodes before this, probably our N64 and probably a, a year review. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we haven't seen each other in a while. So before we started, you were telling me that you might be moving. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's one of the biggest happenings right now. Uh, as a lot of you probably already saw, my place is very, very tiny. So um, <laughs> I'm going to be moving to a slightly less tiny place this next rounds because it's tokyo and places tend to be very small but Mm -hmm. um a lot more room to hopefully host people in the future and uh also just you know have a bigger space because because why not that's what i'm really (laughs) looking forward to yeah i'll tell you what oh go ahead go ahead (laughs) i was gonna say your space is not big not big at all no but that's pretty standard i guess for tokyo (laughs) oh well (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think uh, last week when we were we were doing video and Jake needed to clean up his space a little bit. This whole time, he's got this fridge behind him. And I've just, just, I've just always assumed, because I can see it in the video, I've assumed that that's a full-size fridge just like on the back wall of his apartment. And he's like, oh, I should probably clean some of this up. And then so from his chair at his computer, he just pivots and just starts picking some stuff off that fridge and I'm, i realize it's a mini fridge and it's way closer than i thought it's like oh my gosh you can reach the other side of your apartment from where you're sitting this whole time i thought it was a full-size fridge so yeah it's small <laughs> yeah it does kind of mess with your depth perception right which is uh in no Ooh. way a preview of what we're going to talk about today but yeah it is basically dorm size this whole little operation in here and it's uh you know you don't really think about how big it is but yep tiny fridge dorm-sized <laughs> fridge hopefully i can get out of here soon and have a bigger place to do some podcasting in yeah that'd be cool yeah cameron what about you you've got like some really cool stuff to talk about that i'm really kind of itching to hear about <laughs> well okay so we just got back from iceland last week and that was a wonderful wonderful adventure we rented a camper van and did the whole trip around the entire perimeter of the island and saw lots of cool things. Uh, within the first two days, it was kind of a recap of things that we had done with Jake two years ago. So saw some of those things again, um, but just in a very different context, different weather, that's for sure, um, and daylight. So right now, right now, Iceland's day-night cycle is pretty similar to standard day night cycle i think it was getting dark at around like 5 20 uh anywhere from 5 20 to 6 and that is very very different from when we were there with jake we were there at the end of may 
And at that point, it's basically sunny all the time, always. And that was weird to get used to. Basically, it would be it would get a little like grayish, like like kind of between evening and night for about one hour at like two to three a.m. Hmm. When it, when we were there together, so now it was very different. You know, got pitch black, and uh, that was nice. Made it much easier to sleep. <laughs> but it's just it's so beautiful. There is just so much to see, and it was just a really great time. It's it's pretty indescribable. I'm mm-hmm. sure, hopefully, I've finished my my video. I recorded mo- a lot of it while we were there. So by the time people have heard this, hopefully I've posted that video for people to see. But it was just, it was beautiful. It was very rainy and cloudy. Hmm. So unfortunately, we only got like one or two opportunities to see the Northern Lights. But Wow. That's more were, than, yeah. Than anyone <laughs> else than sees, anyone. right? Yeah. <laughs> So they were, it's just such a cool experience. They, they didn't last long before clouds would move in again, but I tried to get some good video of it. And fun fact, it only comes out green and colorful on video because of the way shutter speed and all that stuff works to be able to capture that light in real life. It's actually white. It's not really. Yeah. I don't know why that's not more common knowledge. Huh? In the world of, you know, everything being, seen on video maybe it's just impossible to know that i mean <laughs> I like guess. you just uh, told me now because no one ever gets to see it in real life why didn't science class tell me that i don't know yeah no kidding but that's still really cool you got to see them like holy cow what part of the island were you on was we like, were up north particular... when that happens generally you okay. can see it about anywhere but you're gonna have better luck up north okay and it was a great great trip and it was just really cool to be able to do that on fall break, not mm-hmm. during summer break. It made it made it a much harder week to come back to school, that's for sure, because I was not relaxed on that trip. It was a great trip, but it's like I need another week to unwind after, afterwards, which I didn't get. <laughs> yeah, man. You just you just literally drove across or no, around the entire circumference of the country of Iceland. That yeah. uh you know, as fun as that sounds, holy cow, man, you need a nap or two after that. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, like our, our camper was super cozy and okay, it had basic amenities. We could cook some stuff, boil water, ate a lot of hot dogs. Nice. Um, it reclined really well. The bed wasn't too bad. So okay, I highly recommend it for anyone seeking adventure and especially because Iceland is probably the most similar to America in terms of driving, for one. Driving's Mm -hmm. easy. Uh, You just got to get used to looking at kilometers per hour instead of miles. Because they they drive on the right side of the road. (laughs) Everything seems to make sense. Uh And for the most part, everyone speaks English. Okay. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of... the, The world as a whole, most... I feel like most people outside of America speak two languages because they learn it from the beginning of elementary school. Mm -hmm. So we're a little behind in that, but it makes traveling a lot easier for us. Yeah, that's for sure. Wow. Oh my gosh. It it was really cool keeping up with both your progress on that trip because every time you'd post something online about your trip, it would be like a slightly different uh, place and, you know, someplace with another ethereal landscape that was totally different. So it was really cool to keep up with that. And it definitely brought back memories of when I was with you. So that's awesome, man. I'm glad you got to do that. Yeah, me too. Let's go ahead and move forward and just real quick, let's talk about what we're playing right now. What are you playing? I'm playing Far Cry 6. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, I have not got to that yet. That doesn't seem like a game I want to play, uh, pay full price for yet. Okay. So I'll probably wait a while before I come around to that. Awesome. What are you playing? I am playing Resident Evil 4 VR. Whoa. Dude. It is, it's, it's the new way I want to play it. Like, I don't ever want to go back to playing. Really? Nor I, or maybe I get, there's merits to both, but it is, it is so well made. 
it looks really good. Like they've really upresed a lot of those garbage GameCube textures. Okay. And it is just a lot of fun. Right now, I'm playing default with the laser sights on, which makes it pretty darn easy. You can turn the laser sights off, and I wonder how much harder that will make the game. But anyway, it's it's super immersive. It makes things scary again, even though you know what's coming because we've played it a hundred times. I just <laughs> finished the like the section with the regenerators. Okay. And, ooh, seeing them come at your face, like as if you're right there, very scary. Yikes! Is it in third person? No, it's all first person. Oh, so, that's even cooler. Yeah, it's very interesting, and it's super well done immersion-wise, where your pistol is on your hip, so you can reach down to grab your pistol. Your mm-hmm. knife is on your chest, so you can grab that. Um, so you could have your pistol and your knife out at the same time. Okay. Your secondary weapon is over your shoulder, so if you reach over your shoulder and grab, you pull out like your shotgun or your sniper. Okay. Uh, you can also equip a grenade to your chest, and then, like, I think left shoulder is your healing items. Okay. Which I was kind of disappointed about that. I wish you could choose where you put your weapons. Like, I never use my healing item off my shoulder. Because I'm usually in too... I'm too stressed in that situation, so I'll use the item. Like, I'll open up my inventory and then heal. I won't uh-huh. pull it over my shoulder. So I wish I could slot a gun into that spot instead. Uh-huh. Of, like, instead of first aid spray. Just so yeah. I wouldn't have to keep opening my inventory to like drop a new weapon into my secondary slot okay but other than that my biggest complaint is that they did not convert the cutscenes uh-huh. so when a cutscene happens basically it just projects like a screen in front of your face and you see the original cutscene oh okay so it it's really breaks the immersion where it's like, oh, you walk out into the arena where the El Gigante's at. It'd be really cool if you saw him actually get, you know, if you actually saw him bust through that door in first person. But no, it cuts to the video mm-hmm. and then it cuts back to you and he's standing there. And it's just, I don't like that one bit. Huh. It's like, I would have loved if you had delayed this longer to actually convert the cutscenes because that would have been really cool. Yeah. You're right. Now that I'm imagining it, it doesn't really seem as cool with just the original cutscenes. That seems like mm-hmm. a cop-out almost. Yeah. And especially because there's parts in the game where if it was a cutscene, man, it, it would really scare you. <laughs> so, for example, yeah. <laughs> one they left in is if you go up to the edge of the dock and start shooting in the water where uh-huh. that monster jumps out and eats you, that is not a cutscene. So, you see that thing's mouth come out and grab you in VR. Okay. And it freaked me out. Yikes. So yeah, I wish wish more of that happened. Yeah, no kidding. Especially early in the game, like that part right there, which is more of an Easter egg than anything. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I'm glad that you like it. It's kind of making me want to download it now on my Oculus. So Yeah, you absolutely yeah. should. Yeah. Especially, All it's right. pretty easy to play standing still too, where you just teleport around. That's how I'm playing it. Nice. But anyway. Okay. We have talked long enough. Let's get into the real content for today. Today we are talking about probably my favorite handheld system, and Mm -hmm. that is the Nintendo 3DS. I'd like to insert a disclaimer. And apologize for the beginning of this episode where we said coming to you in 3D. That was a lie. <laughs> it's just audio. Actually, what what dimension is audio? Audio is coming to you in surround sound. That's 3D audio, right? I guess if we have 3D audio, but... Oh, but you're talking like scientifically. Yeah, what dimension is it? Actually, dimension. for this chunk of this conversation, I'm going to try something fancy with editing. I'm going to put me over here in your left speaker. And Jay, <laughs> you're over this, in the right speaker. This is going to turn into a sound test the entire time. Well, there's monaural, which is just one source and one speaker, essentially. Um, and then there's binaural, which is both sides. And that's a little more immersive. Mm-hmm. But that's all I know. You, we should try something while we're in these separate speakers here. 
yeah. harmonize harmonize with me. Uh, uh, left, right. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was beautiful. Right. It, it was all right. So uh, that was enough of that. I'll put us back in, in the same speaker now. Cool. I'm not even sure if I can figure out how to do that while I edit. Hopefully I do. Well, a nice little experiment um, to work with. So there you go. Okay. All so, right. Today we're talking about the 3DS, the, the system itself, all of the wonderful hardware that came with this. Next week we'll get into our favorite games about that. But I've got a lot I want to say about the 3DS. I have no idea where I want to start. So Jake, how about you kick us off with some of the facts you have? Oh, absolutely. I'll talk about the nitty-gritty details of what the 3DS is and how it came out, which was by Nintendo, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the Nintendo 3DS was released uh, on February 26, 2011 in Japan. In North America, March 27th, 2011, as per usual. It comes out in North America and other regions a little bit later than it does in Japan. Wow, that was Uh, 10 years ago. I know. Isn't that crazy? Honestly, yeah. I thought it came out in 2010, but I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering Maybe it is you know, uh, probably but, E3. Yeah, probably. Uh, so uh, it retailed for 25,000 yen, which mm-hmm. is um, at the time slightly more equ- equivalent to uh, 249.99 USD. Yep. And it had a plethora of features that were never seen in previous handhelds one of them being the 3d feature obviously but this time we get an analog stick um sort of uh following the uh, route of the psp here Mm -hmm. which who knows if that was the inspiration or not but um yeah anyway over its lifespan it sold a total of 75.94 million units really that's it so I feel like I don't. I guess the DS did way better. Yeah, the DS did way better. Um, this was a great system, but I remember reading that it was not as successful, mm-hmm. and it was also not plagued, but it it had a few uh, issues that came with it. And well, it was popular, but like so, it had the uh, C stick right, and it also had the camera, and it had this uh, system where you could set up your um your me, and um. Like a bunch of cool features like uh, swap notes and uh, also the um, uh, hooking up your Nintendo account and stuff like that. Yeah. So a few facts for you right there and a couple, I guess, bits of opinionage. But <laughs> All right. Well, so let's talk about some of those features you mentioned. So first off, obviously the 3D is the standout thing here. So let's, let's just dive into that. Mm-hmm. So the 3D is something that Nintendo had actually been playing with ever since the Virtual Console. Not Virtual mm-hmm. Console, Virtual, virtual Boy. Boy. Yeah. And they thought it was so cool, and they figured out, you know, this is how we can do glasses-less 3D, which mm-hmm. is awesome, and it's kind of, they're kind of ahead of the times, right? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. around the time of the 3DS, a, a phone came out that recorded 3D video. Yeah. But it, it all went away too quick they were just they they came out with too much too soon right we yeah the world wasn't ready (laughs) and nintendo tried a few different prototypes of 3d capabilities in systems that didn't have it so for example Mm -hmm. there is a prototype of a game boy advance sp that okay has the 3d screen in it but part of the problem is since it splits it splits basically the screen in these diagonal strips or not diagonal, okay. like vertical strips. One goes to your left eye, one goes to your right, and it effectively halves the resolution of a game. Yeah. So on Game Boy Advance, they looked twice as bad. And yeah. so that wasn't going to work. They also did it on GameCube, but they didn't get far enough with it. But they created a basically like an attachable screen to the GameCube, mm-hmm. um, basically about the size of a GameCube. It attached to the back. And... They built a prototype of that and actually had it on display at E3 2002, but hmm. they did not have the 3D turned on and didn't tell anyone that that it could do that. They just huh. decided, nah, we're, it's not going to work. We're not going to worry about it. But like Luigi's Mansion, they had a version built of that game that could run in 3D okay. on the GameCube. Interesting. 
so it's just it's so confusing that they've tried to make 3D work for uh-huh. so long. Where are they in the VR game? Yeah. You'd think that'd guess, be one of the uh, first things they do. You'd think. You know, Nintendo is no stranger to quirks and gimmicky features. Some that work, some that don't. But at least they're out-of-the-box thinkers in that regard. Yeah. And as great as this 3D was with the 3DS, I might have to argue that it was not, you know, prime. Like, it wasn't something that was necessary in this system. Because mm-hmm. honestly, for the most part, I just kind of turned the 3D off after maybe a couple minutes of just like admiring <laughs> how cool it is because well at least in the first couple models it was not you know good enough uh and right. here's kind of referencing back to some of the issues that it was plagued with not plagued with okay riddled with um <laughs> not that that's any better so uh i remember reading one of the developers talking about the fact that the 3ds felt rushed from okay. the from the head office and one of those was just how fast they could get out there and how uh it was just related to how fast they could get it out there because this is a really cool concept but i think that they should have probably waited a little longer because the issue with the 3d in this case is that you have to be like staring straight at it otherwise like it gets jacked up Mm -hmm. and like it has to be the perfect distance so that's another thing it also like you said it has the resolution or it doesn't make the resolution quite as good uh it Mm -hmm. it takes it down a, a little bit and that's all kind of, I guess, it's strenuous. You have to <laughs> just keeping, it's not casual yet. You have to keep it at that one spot. Yeah. You have to mm-hmm. look straight at it. You know, just some problems that they really should have worked out before this was released. And maybe if they had done that, then it would have been more success. I don't know. That's just. No, I agree. What, what do you think, Cameron? I, I never played with it in 3D other than. Okay. Yeah, just to be like, oh, what's this room look like in 3D? Oh, like that? Okay, cool. Like, yeah. it's definitely the first time you do it, it's like, wow, that's that's awesome. I'm not wearing 3D glasses, and yet this is working. And uh-huh. it, it was mind-blowing in that regard. But then as you got playing, you're like, okay, this is just kind of distracting. Yeah. And I would yep. always turn it off. Uh-huh. It, it did get better with the new 3DS, because when they released the new 3DS, it actually had some head tracking. And mm-hmm. so it would adjust its display based off of its positioning and how you're holding it. So you didn't uh-huh. have to be in that sweet spot. And it worked much better, but still is like, okay, I don't really need this gimmick while I'm playing. And I think uh-huh. it killed your battery faster too, oh. having it on. So other features that we had on here, uh, the circle pad, for one, I was so excited when it had the circle pad because... That is pretty cool. <laughs> not only could we play these awesome 3D games and move much more freely, but Mm -hmm. it also got away from the super gimmicky use of the touchscreen, which that plagued the DS. I hated using the touchscreen for so many things. It's just like, I just want a nice traditional handheld game. Mm -hmm. And this really nailed that. Yeah, that's true. So I can't, I can't really think of anything that abused the touchscreen that I owned. No. And it was pretty secondary in most games unless you were replaying a DS game on the 3DS. It was sure. it was pretty secondary to most 3DS games. Um, it did make good use of that C-Stick, which that was another thing that the developers... What, you, what C-Stick are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about the uh, control stick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, I, usually, I refer to the C-Stick as like the second analog, because that's what oh. it is on the GameCube <laughs> controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the analog stick. <laughs> we'll just go mm. with that term right there. Uh, it's so, a circle pad. It's a circle pad. It's it's okay. Anyway, it's a circle <laughs> pad. So the one of the developers did mention that they wanted two on there, but again, mm-hmm. because of rush development, they only settled with one, and that's where we ended up with that slightly awkward addition that you could stick on there, the aftermarket <laughs> product of the second. Uh, yeah, C-pad. it was like the Circle Pad Pro. Yeah, the Circle Pad Pro, which is just like clunky and awkward. Did did you have one of those? No, I I wanted one because I thought. Oh, perfect. This would make it like a real controller. Yeah. But there actually wasn't a lot of games that utilized it other than, I think, Resident Evil Revelations. Okay. And uh, it wasn't really widely sold. It was more of like a a special order thing from Nintendo.com because I never saw it in stores. Okay. I remember seeing one once and there were games that were, you know, optimized with the second uh, control stick. 
So, well, it's not a control stick. I don't even know. <laughs> so, but yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, it was basically this giant chunk of plastic with really just one extra circle pad all the mm-hmm. way to the right of this, and then it slotted your D, your 3DS into it, mm-hmm. basically giving you this extra handle on the side with another circle pad for better dual analog controls. But yes, alas. Yeah, alas, it uh, it ran its life and no one really cared about it, it seems like. Um, so uh, let's talk about another cool feature that you utilized quite a bit and I didn't until way late in the 3DS's life, uh, Street Pass. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, this was a cool thing and you could get some cool stuff from it. But now that the 3DS is officially discontinued, its services are no longer really supported. There's no point Man. in going back, but I miss Street Pass. Yeah, it was just—it was a cool way to connect with people that you never necessarily met. Mm-hmm. But basically, what it was was when your your 3DS was still on but closed and in standby mode, it would basically handshake over Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or whatever mm-hmm. with any other 3D pa- 3DSs that you walked near and so i always had this in my backpack at purdue at college so basically anytime i opened it back up i had 10 street passes waiting for me Hmm. and with that there's these mini games that you would play with the people you walked by you would use them for this little dungeon rpg little turn-based action thing where (laughs) every time every subsequent time you passed that person and they came into your game they leveled up hmm. and so they were really strong and so i had a bunch of like level 10 people that because i passed them every day yeah whether our offices were near each other or what i don't know and so i really like steamrolled the adventure because i had really strong people and then <laughs> also every person could give you a puzzle piece mm-hmm. and you would just complete these little pictures and they're just these little like gifts basically and they're just like really pretty 3D pictures. So you'd yeah. throw your slider on and just look at this picture and just try to complete as many as you could that you got from those people. Yes. Yeah. Very sad that it's not on Switch. Yeah, no kidding. Like the Switch has so many capabilities here. Mm-hmm. Why, aren't we, why aren't we funding this? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, mm. I remember that feature, Street Pass. The first time I used it was in Japan. Like I had this uh, oh, really? 3DS. Yeah, I had this 3DS in America for all these years, and I never once turned on Street Pass. And you kept telling me about how cool it was, and I just never used it. But when I finally visited Japan years ago, I mm-hmm. turned it on, and it is insane how many Street Passes you get in Japan or got <laughs> in Japan. Everyone had a 3DS over here at the time. Yeah, it was so cool so like the span of about a week i got to see all these cool features i got so freaking many street passes it was <laughs> crazy i'll tell you it was really cool though yeah it was cool and i think for me personally it just it hit at that right time in my life where mm-hmm. you know as a college kid you're walking around uh, around other college kids who all have it yeah. in any <laughs> if i had it now like i would never use it because yeah where am i walking with it I don't have a backpack <laughs> to stick it in, but anyway. Oh my gosh. Cool. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. All right, so let's talk first impressions, okay? Okay. When we first got our systems, what did you think? Like, what were some of your first reactions uh, or even like stories that you remember of playing this thing, like when you first got it? You know, I, I guess also compared to the um, preconceived notions you had of the system. So I was a little late to the game. Mm. I didn't get it until the Ba-dum-ting. XL was out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, missed your missed the pun acknowledgement there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got it with the the XL, and I was just I was so excited to get this because I was dying to play Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. the remake, and the remake is so pretty. I wish I could play it on my tv and not be limited to the 3ds but still it's such a good looking remake it it looks like you remember it you know Mm, like yeah 
And then you go back to the on the N64, and you're like, oh, this this is very angular and polygonal. <laughs> but it looked fantastic on that. And as soon as I saw that that was a thing, I pre-ordered Ocarina of Time 3D without having a 3DS. And okay. I remember getting emails from GameStop like, oh, you're pre-ordered. it's almost time. Like, you need to pay for this. And then I still never had it. I never had the 3DS, so that that pre-order ended up being a waste. But I I didn't pay for it or anything. I just had kind of reserved a copy. But later on, I got to use it. But the first one I think I played was yours, because you actually have one of the the launch editions, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So did did you have it? How close to launch did you get it? Uh, Right after launch, I got it that same, uh, I want to say week uh, afterward, and then... It was my Christmas present. So, did you get to be part of the Ambassador program and download Game Boy Advance games? Yeah, so I was part of the Ambassador program, but because I'm so late with many things, I never took full use of it. Oh, no! I know. It, w- it was sad, you know? this. I think this system marked my transition from, like, standard gaming into, like, internet-based gaming. Okay. Um, so it wasn't until a few years later I really started downloading games onto it and, you know, really kind of hooking up with the connection stuff. So, yeah, I did not make use of that, sadly. One of the things I look back on and think, wow, Jake, you were so in the Stone Age. <laughs> okay, well, I'll I'll talk about the Ambassador program in a minute. Let's, let's hear your impressions. Well, uh, so I remember the initial thought of, getting this 3d screen like yeah it's supposed to be really cool right all the ads are saying that oh it pops out at you it's so cool it's 3d so i remember holding it in front of me and it does that little kind of demo thing where you know hypes you up for the 3d so it's like three (laughs) two one boom and then it turns 3d i'm like this is so cool it's 3d but the first thing i thought to myself was it's not popping out at me it's popping away from me yeah i noticed that too (laughs) <laughs> you know so mm-hmm. like yeah there's depth but it's like uh, you know all these like pictures in the magazine i'm seeing of it popping out no it's it's popping backward yeah <laughs> so, that's a good point <laughs> um, yeah so uh it's that kind of 3d where it creates the depth illusion behind the screen not in front of it not r- right in front of your face so if that made any sense to anyone who was just listening so <laughs> it's still cool though yeah and and it was cool but very quickly, the hype of 3D sort of died down, and I was more excited in um, the coming days of just being able to play the cool, beautiful 3D games, especially yeah. Pilot Wings. Yeah, it was a launch title. Yeah, it was, and it was probably one of my favorites, to be honest. So, yeah, it was just more fun to play the games, and the 3D just kind of became a quick gimmick. Yeah, it's cool, mm-hmm. but and from then on, it was a lot of playing the system without a lot of um whoops without a lot of i just dropped the pen for some reason yeah without a lot lot of of internet connectivity okay (laughs) uh i think the ambassador program came out because people were angry that it was too expensive yep wasn't that it okay so it sold really terribly when it first came out and i think part of it was marketing is tough where people are like is this a, is this a new thing is it just a ds what is it it's 250 dollars, so that's too much so uh-huh. it wasn't selling well and then within six months they dropped the price to 170 dollars. Mm. so a significant price drop and so all of people like you who got it right at the beginning were like what we only, if we had waited a few more months, we could have got it way cheaper. And so people were uh, outraged and Nintendo's like, okay, okay. So you guys are the ambassadors and you <laughs> get the selection or you get to download these like NES games and these Game Boy Advance games. And that makes me angry because that means there are Game Boy Advance games that you can play on this. And, and, and they were great. It had like Metroid Fusion. It had Minish Cap. Mm-hmm. And those never ended up going to the virtual console. Mm. So you can only play those 
if you were part of that ambassador program and downloaded them, which really made me mad back when I wanted to play Minish Cap, I was like, oh, cool, I'm just going to go get out my 3DS, I'm going to download it from the virtual console, and then it's like, what? There's no GBA games on here, and I was Googling it and trying to figure it out. It's like, seriously? It's capable. People downloaded it, but you never put it on the eShop. Why, Nintendo? Why? Mm. You've kind of ruined the system when... That they've, they've ruined the eShop potential. If GBA games could have been on there, why the heck weren't they? Hmm. But as we know, and in, in, in recent times with how they're botching the, uh, the Switch expansion pass, if, uh, if you've been following that drama. But it's <laughs> like Nintendo just, I don't understand their business decisions, especially when it comes down to their, their backlog and mm. how they try to sell it back to you. Like, I'm fine with the eShop and the virtual console, but... It's like, why limit us there on the 3DS? Interesting. Yeah, who knows? I guess we could conjure up a whole bunch of theories on why this is the case, but that's very Nintendo. You know, kind of do their own thing, be weird about it, and not necessarily listen to customers, right? Yeah, maybe they're like, oh, but we don't (laughs) want to offend those people we gave the ambassador program to. It's like, well, I don't want it for free like they got it. Give me the opportunity (laughs) to buy them. Yeah, Nintendo... yeah. They, they don't realize what they have sometimes. They've got like such a legacy of classics, you know, such a a very large vault full of that yeah. that everyone just, wants to play. <laughs> I was just reading something about that. Like Nintendo is sitting on the ultimate goldmine subscription service. Yeah. Where like look at Game Pass with Xbox. Like that's really successful and there's a lot of cool stuff on it. But imagine having a subscription service that had like the whole backlog of Nintendo first party games. From like NES up to GameCube, if that if that was a thing, like I would subscribe to that for the rest of my life. Same here. If they had a subscription service that offered, you know, even a small percentage of the really good games that have come out on a system from Nintendo in the past, holy cow, they could make so much money. Like, but their decisions are weird. Especially when it comes to the internet. But anyway, we're on a, a different rant. <laughs> We've gotten away from the 3DS. So let's, uh, let's move us back. So I wanted to talk about the fact that the 3DS had so many revisions hmm. of yep. different launches. So yes. uh, we had the OG in 2011. And then the 3DS XL came out in April 2013 for $200. And so that's the one I bought. I loved that. Mm-hmm. And then a little later, that same year, in October 2013, we had the 2DS. Mm-hmm. And the 2DS caught everyone by surprise. It was $130 and is one solid chunk of plastic. It doesn't clamshell fold mm-hmm. and it has no 3D. And when yeah. I saw that, I was like, that's genius. No one's using the 3D anyway. Yep. You've got a cheaper <laughs> option. And yeah. so... I think that came out around the time that Animal Crossing New Leaf came out. And so I was like, perfect. I'm getting that for Lindsay. And (laughs) it it was like the price was right. And I thought that thing was really cool. I think there was a lot of memes making fun of its weird design. But personally, I really liked it. For one, the resolution looks better on those smaller screens, just Mm -hmm. like yours compared to my XL. But it actually fit my hands better. Because it's larger, uh-huh. it had like yeah. the larger corners to wrap your fingers around and hit the triggers. Uh-huh. And I just thought it looked really nice. Yeah. Yeah, and like you just said, it steered away from the 3D, which goes to show you just how like insignificant it was in the 3DS <laughs> life, oddly enough. But yeah, I always thought it looked really weird. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I don't know if I could have... Uh, dealt with it to be honest because i really like the um folding design yeah so i'm glad that people got you know some use out of the 2ds and that was probably a very smart idea on the on nintendo's part because it was more of like an entry level you know system Mm -hmm. more kind of like a you know bare minimum no flash kind of system if you just wanted to play games yeah it was great it was unique and then i think one christmas it dropped down to like 70 dollars, and so i grabbed jeez two of those just for for like a present for my sister and uh-huh. it, it was real simple it's like this is it like this is handheld gaming at an incredibly cheap price and it's <laughs> wonderful 
And I think she still played that for a very long time. So huh. it worked okay. out. So I yeah, liked that's... the 2DS. And then we had these the remakes. We had the new 3DS, which came out in February 2015 uh-huh. for, I think, $220. I think the prices are a little all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but I think that was just the XL. So yep. only the XL launched in America. Oh, really? Yeah. So they had two different versions, one smaller version and uh-huh. then the XL. And the smaller version I thought was really cool because its A, B, and X, Y buttons were uh, red, blue, yellow, green, mm-hmm. just like a Famicom controller. Yep. And it had interchangeable faceplates that went on the back. Yeah. So you could really customize it a lot. I don't know why it didn't launch here initially. It did at some point. Mm-hmm. And I got I got a story I want to tell you here. Okay. <laughs> so I was really researching this because so first off to let me real quick, here's the features that that came with. So uh, it had better 3D, like I said. It had an mm-hmm. extra little nub kind of like the it's kind of like if you've seen those old school laptops that have that nub like right in the middle of the keyboard mm-hmm. that you can use as a mouse yeah so you could use that as like a second analog kind of uh it had okay. amiibo support it had two extra shoulder buttons and it had a faster processor so it loaded stuff a lot quicker mm-hmm. but anyway okay so i was researching this it's like i want i think i'm gonna get this and they came out with this special like black friday edition of a black one and a white one of the small one, not the XL. Yeah. And it's like, ah, I just, I really love the face plates and I love the colored buttons. And I know like, sure, it's a little smaller, but the resolution looks better. I think I'll get it. Mm-hmm. So we went Black Friday, whatever year that was. <laughs> Best Buy opened at six. I got there at like eight. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that'll be fine. Because the year I bought Lindsay's 2DS, I think they had just come out. And I grabbed it off like a pallet of okay. tons of these 2DSs. So I'm like, yeah, it's, it's going to be fine. So I wandered back to the electronics section. Nothing. Just like an empty shelf. And I went and talked to the guy. It's like, hey, uh, do you guys have like this, this new edition of the, the 3DS? He's like, oh, yeah, that's sold out in the, like a minute. They only sent huh. us like six. And I was wow. like, what? Six? And that was the case everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Where like this was the beginning of me realizing like, oh, Nintendo really sucks at supply and demand, and (laughs) (laughs) that's they're always out of stock on like their new stuff like that. Oh my gosh! So I was I was just so frustrated with myself, just like, oh my gosh, I should have been here earlier. I didn't get it, and on our way home, I think we stopped by a Meyer, and Meyer's Black Friday was a little different. So to clarify, mm-hmm. I was there at eight o'clock Thanksgiving night. So Thursday, the night before Meyer, their deal started at like 6 a.m. Friday morning. Okay. And so I went in and just asked him, I'm like, hey, are you going to have these, these DSs? And he says, yep, but you need to be here like well before we open, we're handing out tickets to be able to get okay. it. And I'm just like, what? This thing's been out for four years. Why is everyone freaking out trying to get this thing? <laughs> so I never got it. Wow. And I was so disappointed. So eventually I did. Uh, I got the Galaxy Print new 3DS XL. Okay. And it's very pretty. And I so I bought that and then I just traded in my, my old one to GameStop. Okay. And so I still love that for sure. Nice. But yeah, I was just so angry at Nintendo. Like absolute vendetta with Nintendo. Like you've got to be kidding me. I bought my 2DS off a pallet, and you sent six to this Best Buy? Why? Jeez. Why? That's, uh, wow. You, you got a taste of what it's like nowadays. <laughs> I know. <laughs> With everything. <laughs> With everything, yeah. On, on a slightly related note, very similarly, I guess supply and demand wise, the Pokemon 25th anniversary just launched here. They're Ooh. card packs. So yeah. now it's like, almost impossible to get like a three dollar pack of pokemon cards every place you go they like sell out within a minute before opening how much pokemon cards have blown up again oh it's insane right now like 
crazy. That that's it's all about the scalping Pokemon card culture here right now in Japan. Uh-huh. Probably in the states too, but yeah, yeah. they're they're pretty sold out. It's Limit so one weird. per customer. Uh huh. Mm, so again, Nintendo's fault. <laughs> <laughs> we really How harp on they? Nintendo. Yeah, it's like you make us these wonderful treasurous games, and then you screw us over in some way or another. We love you, <laughs> Nintendo, but you Do gotta better. get your game together. Yep. So, real quick, the last one, they in July of 2017, they released the new 2DS XL. So, it was very similar to the, the new 3DS, but 2D. And it was clamshell design. It was pretty cool. Uh, one thing I really liked about the 3DS line in general is they released so many just like special editions and skins of mm-hmm. cool looking consoles. Do you remember any that, that stand out to you that you really liked? Uh, well, I liked, wasn't there a couple of that were like printed on the, um, console itself? Yeah. There's actually quite a bit. Yeah. So like, I remember the Mario one. That was really mm-hmm. cool. I, it, it wasn't you who had that, was it? No. No. Okay. Okay. One of my friends had one of the, uh, three S's with like Mario printed on the front and I thought that was the coolest thing. So I guess that's the one that stands out <laughs> most. <laughs> I, I wrote... A uh, couple down real quick. They they came out with like some translucent 2DSs, like the old school controllers. So I thought That's that cool. was cool. They put nice. out a new 3DS XL. They had one that was that looked like Super Nintendo and one like Super Famicom. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. One that came out with Samus Returns mm-hmm. that had like an orange top with Samus on it and then a yellow bottom. So it looked like her armor. Yeah, and then I think the coolest one probably though was there was a Hylian Shield new 2DS XL, and mm-hmm. it was even kind of like textured on the top, and you know you could actually like feel the details of the Hylian Shield, and it looked really cool. Oh, that is cool. That's it was one awesome. of those things where I saw it on the shelf. I was like, oh, I need that. It's like, oh no, I don't. <laughs> I already have a 3DS. I don't need to get that. Okay. So something kind of really cool about over here is not only are there like tons and tons of used game shops, but there's this thing of buying quote unquote junk consoles. And mm-hmm. that's basically where people donate these consoles and they're sold for like five bucks each, sometimes even less. Um, but they're untested, unlooked at. It's like completely just, you know, take it as is kind of thing. Yeah. So like you'll just go and find like bins and bins of DS's, Famicom's, Super Famicom's, uh, Nintendo 64's that are like five bucks each. Oh, wow. But it's like buy at your own risk. Right. Uh, I mean, but th- then again, you know, you could probably fix it up if it is yeah. truly junk. True. So I've seen quite a few really cool DS designs over here and just those bins. That was the first thing yeah. I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> junk That's consoles, cool. huh? Well, real quick, let's end it with uh, top five. We're going to do our top five games on the 3DS. And next week, we'll actually dive in to those games and talk a lot more about them. So, yes, Jake and I had a different experience putting this list together. (laughs) I really struggled to to narrow it down just to five. And Jake (laughs) barely owned five games. Yep. This was a console that I spent most of my time only on five games, Um, (laughs) plus a couple more. So, all right, uh, my number five is Super Mario 3D Land. Uh, That is on my list, but not number five. Holy cow. What's yours? One point. My number five is Mario Kart 7. Oh, nice. That is on my list, but not number five. Two points. Cool. All right, my number four is Pilot Wings. Ooh, not on my list. Yeah, I'm into that game. <laughs> I never got into that. Like, I I played a bit of it on N64, uh-huh. but I never even I never even touched it on 3DS, so I have no experience with it. Okay, it's all on Woohoo Island, isn't it? Yep, it's all on Woohoo with Island. Ah, oh, that is pretty cool. They did add a lot of cool like mini games and content that makes it more than just a simulator, 
which is what I like on the 3DS. Yeah. So my number four is Pokemon Y. Pokemon Y. Oh, that is not on my list. So I just, I loved this because this game got me back into Pokemon. It was like the first one I'd ever really owned the console and played the game when it came out. Mm -hmm. So I just, it felt really cool to be like in the zeitgeist at the moment, experiencing that with everyone else and just kind of this reemergence of Pokemon in my life. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) All right. So what are we on? Number three? Yep. Number three. All right. My number three is Mario Kart 7. Nice. My number three was Mario, Super Mario 3D Land. Oh, cool. There's where we uh, overlap, sort of. Yep. All right. My number two is Majora's Mask. Whoa. My number two, Majora's (gasps) Mask. What? Ding, ding, ding. Five points we're sitting at right now. Nice. All right. My number one. My number one is Ocarina of Time. Okay. So before I tell you my number one, obviously, Ocarina, I kind of just put Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask together okay. on here, but I especially love, so I didn't put Ocarina on my list, Okay. but I especially love Majora's Mask because I never played it on N64, or at okay. least I didn't play it far. So mm-hmm. this was my first time playing it as a brand new experience, and I just, I loved it so much. I thought it was so good that it kind of overshadowed Ocarina of Time. Ah, okay. And obviously Ocarina of Time does deserve to be on this list, but I just thought I'm going to merge them together because they're both remakes of a similar game. Yeah. But anyway, so my number one is A Link Between Worlds. Ah, okay. And that game was really good. But we'll get more into that next week. Sounds wonderful. There's a preview, folks. And I hope you've all enjoyed our wonderful rantings about old systems, which is why you keep listening to us, right? I hope so. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, Cameron, I think this was a pretty good discussion. Agreed. Yeah. Let's get out of here. My name is Cameron. And I'm Jake. And have an awesome 3D week. Minasan, <laughs> sayonara. Sayonara.